Basic is a slow fashion shop based in downtown Birmingham. Their team sources ethically made clothing from indie designers working within transparent supply chains, and the folks who made the items they stock were paid a living wage for their labor. As a human-centric brand focuses on fostering progress and inclusivity in the Deep South, their clothing and their content are intended to educate, elevate, and engage. They believe that business can and should be better. So, with the help of their customers, they give $5 of every sale to the Southern Poverty Law Center and the Human Rights Watch. You can shop basic at abasicshop.com and use our coupon code SHEWELLRED20 for 20% off your purchase. That's SHEWELLRED20 at checkout. All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of SheWellRed. I'm Alana. I'm Samra. And today is our first day actually recording with video. Um... <laughs> this is a little, <laughs> it's a little new for us so bear with us i actually kind of forgot i mean i know we're looking at ourselves but i forgot that this is a recording um yeah. and you know in my latest fashions i've brought out <laughs> the bonnet it's it's a new trend new trend alert it's your helmet of salvation it's my raw it hides the crown from from the locals. Not the locals. <laughs> they can't see what's underneath the underneath the bonnet. It's a surprise. Um weak. But, uh, but today yeah. we <laughs> don't just don't expect me to be looking one of these days I might bust out and look really cute for y'all, but we'll, we'll see. Right. To, one of these days we might surprise the girls and just <laughs> be looking to the nines you never I know. know you never know gotta stay tuned <laughs> stay tuned literally this podcast is so it's so organized but not organized to where i could see something like that happening <laughs> on god but we're gonna discuss chapter eight today a different kind of white and samra i'm gonna pass it on over to you all righty okay so the quote for this chapter is I realized that they weren't all... No, no, no. Let me start over. Skirt, skirt. Okay. <laughs> I realized that they weren't at all smarter than the rest of us. They were simply emboldened, floating on an ancient tide of superiority, buoyed by the fact that history had never told them anything different. Michelle Obama becoming. I remember reading that, and I... I don't know if I borrowed the book. I think I borrowed it from a friend. Um, so I couldn't like write in it, but I remember like loving the way she, like that's such a succinct way to say it. The white privilege. Mm -hmm. It's just, they're right. emboldened. It's an ancient tide of superiority. And it's like something that I've always yeah. noticed about white people growing up. Like they're not fearful. How I can be fearful, like being in a room full of white males, like white males still kind of scare me a little bit. They intimidate me like to this day. And it's just like they're, they don't even understand the power that they have. That's the thing though. I think they do, but like sometimes subconsciously, like, they just don't care to check it. Hmm. And 
I feel like some people recognize it and use it like you know to their advantage obviously but some people like they don't even realize when they're doing it until they get called out for it because I can think of a personal scenario where it's like oh they're so nice and then like certain things that I'm worrying about or I'm double checking in on or I'm like being really nitpicky and organized about they're just like meh but it's like because you know as a black woman anything I do I have to work 10 times harder Mm -hmm. and have to think it through more than you know the average white person might have to and that's just something I recognize in my position Mm -hmm. but it's almost it's something that I'm like I just hope one day like my kids won't have to deal with that like my kids won't have to worry about that type of thing that type of dealing with privilege but yeah by the time I still feel like by the time I have kids it'll still be an issue we're not we're we're getting up there like it's not that far away i know i was literally thinking about it because uh somebody was like oh what are you what do you think you're gonna like start dating and like having kids and that dating kids uh, uh." (laughs) (laughs) right i'm like i have so much going on in my life that that's like bottom tier priorities for me right now yeah i don't know why people think that we've graduated into something i feel like i don't know is this romantic to be like love just finds you i mean i feel like to in a sense it is romantic but it's also kind of uh dreamy i don't know if that's the word but like that's what you dream about like you don't want to like just be on this constant hunt and search for love you want love to find you or you to find love and like do you know the right setting not forced or like you're trying too hard or they're trying too hard just like natural i think natural Natural. that's like that is the word completely the word and i yeah i've never been somebody that like forced it when it comes to like romantic relationships Mm -hmm. i have in my i have done it like especially dating because I just feel like I have to be dating because right like I'm a 23 year old woman and like I have to get out there yada 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 (laughs) Um, right yeah but it's kind of nice to just be able to live your life and like not be worried about that part and like I don't know if it's just growing up watching fairy tales and stuff rom-coms and rom-coms but like i feel like part of the fun of it is like the unexpected part about it like it's always mm-hmm. it kind of comes up on you sneaks up on you and i feel like that's the fun part right no i can totally agree with that because as i'm finding out in life like therapy gosh how many times have we plug therapy on this show if you don't get it you're you're not listening um <laughs> but basically I've you're been not working... listening <laughs> pay attention right i've been you know in therapy for like <laughs> more than a year now and the person i was a year ago is not the same person i am today Woo, we love growth Mm-hmm. And I think part of that, yes, like, <laughs> I told my therapist, I was like, I'm unlocking a new level of therapy because now we're going into like relationships and love and like all those types of things. And one of the things that I've found that like I kind of have the like spice a spice of life, the spice of life, right? It's like the way that love in <laughs> marriage and like all of those romantic relationships have been portrayed to me 
and like the trust in some of those relationships has kind of tainted my outlook of those types of relationships and made me even more critical than maybe I need to be and kind of checking that and like I've always known that but part of me is like there's a Mm -hmm. reason like I have my reasons behind it like I'm not just gonna sit down and accept anything so that's like one period and you shouldn't and that's not healthy so I agree with you on that like the trauma from our past shapes the way we view romantic relationships and for a lot of us I feel like it's our parents like their relationship whatever that was growing up Mm-hmm. Um, or the relationships and it can go, that, like one of two ways. Yeah, or the relationships oh. that they portrayed to you. Maybe if oh. your parents weren't together and they were with other people, the way mm-hmm. that those relationships were, or multiple relationships, um, right? Those those all take into effect on how you view relationships or how you even act in a relationship. That's so extremely true because that's just all you know you know Mm -hmm. subconsciously too it's like you just have seen that your whole life right and you know you mentioned fairy tales and rom-coms and stuff and it's like yeah to an extent you want that but also knowing in the back of your head like that it's not real like it's not going to be perfect like that was or like how that story was told but I think the part of rom-coms and fairy tales that like kind of keep the love alive in in us who love those types of movies is like the hope that you'll find someone that loves you with that amount of love and that amount of energy even though you might have your rough patches or your rough times like the love will always still be there and that's the foundation of your relationship totally and I feel like that goes along with the trust part too Mm -hmm. oh yeah for sure so again go to therapy get yourself right first then get in a relationship (laughs) that that is step one Step I guess step one. zero almost. Yeah, ooh, I like a step <laughs> you can't zero. Really because you really can't go anywhere until you get that right. Mm. Or you can, but you'll end up falling back to not even zero, but like probably the negatives. Then you got to start building yourself back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hate to see um, it. Oop. I know, I do too. But like, it's growth. That is all part of the growing process. Um, I did. I wanted to read the first paragraph of um, chapter eight, if that's cool. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I really liked the first paragraph. I think that it sums up the chapter, or I guess it maybe prefaces the chapter really well. It says, life transitions are our biggest opportunities for growth. They push us to become the fierce heroes of our own stories. They pull us into new territories and ask us to become bigger, braver versions of ourselves. So, <laughs> I thought that was pretty um, real. Like, even though your life transitions don't feel very good in the moment because it's a lot of, like, stress and anxiety and, like, looking around at what everybody else is doing and wondering why you don't have it figured out already, I feel like you do grow the most when you end up at like negative five and you have to like push or pull yourself up to like zero again or one or two or whatever you're trying to get to that time of like rebuilding 
usually you end up a better person than you were before. So anyway, I thought that was a really cool way to put it. For sure. We're fierce heroes. Yeah, going back to the first the first quote of the chapter, for sure. It kind of like circles back. But reading this, honestly, reading the first line, life transitions are biggest opportunities for growth. It just, I will, I live by that line. Like my life has been that line uh, once I started college. Like that's my entire, that was my next chapter of my story. That was the beginning of the next chapter. And if you know me, you know I am someone who likes everything to be planned as much as possible and is very, can be by the book and wants to, you know, kind of predict change or like expect change to come and be ready for it. And what I did my senior year of high school is the total opposite of all of that from my personality, leaving home, coming to a state where I really only knew my family and didn't have any friends and was going to a school I was unfamiliar with in an area that I was unfamiliar with. It's just was very unlike me, but I knew that my life couldn't begin until I left and I couldn't start my story on my own terms until I did. Uh, So it was extremely scary, but it was so worth it. And I do it all over again. New things are always scary. It's like the reason I procrastinate when I don't understand how to do something. Like, for example, fixing my sewing machine. Anxiety, (laughs) man. It's the, yeah, it's the fact that I, I don't already know. I don't have a plan. I don't have an idea of like where to start and where I finish I'm gonna have to figure it all out from scratch it's like the reason I don't like building things I don't like doing those oh things. my goodness it gives, yes it's anything just, that I can yeah anything that I can get like shipped to my house and pay a delivery fee and pay them to build it I, I will pay the cost I don't want to do it it's just something you learn. It's just like what things I like, what things I don't like, and I can outsource and that's okay. Right. It's like some things I'm willing to spend the money on and some things I'm not. And I'll learn how to do it myself because I know I can. But some things I'm just like, I don't want those problems. I don't want that stress. I'm outsourcing, like you said. It's a beautiful thing. The way outsourcing. that the world works and outsourcing. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. Um But I really liked how she said, now while all that might sound inspiring in an Instagram caption, it can be really, really scary to do in real life. And I was like, can relate per my last story that I just told. Very, very scary because I'm also mostly an introvert, less extroverted Mm -hmm. until I know someone. Mm -hmm. And so, but like I knew going into college, I couldn't do that knowing absolutely no one like starting from the bottom you Mm -hmm. can't do that you have to put yourself out there you have to open yourself up to new people and open yourself up to new experiences Mm -hmm. Uh, well let's let's not say you have to because you don't necessarily you don't you really don't yeah You, you chose to do that true i feel like you were at your negative five and you pulled yourself up and that's why you've grown so much and I would sure. say you passed zero a long time ago, sis. 
yes for sure but yeah and she and kind of like we were talking about earlier she says i wish people talk more openly about just how soul-wrenching transitions can be Mm -hmm. um and about the panic that just floods your system when you're in the midst of one Mm -hmm. uh so if y'all have any new beginning stories or starting over stories or anything along the lines of what we just talked about, mm-hmm. send them on in to all the places that you already know. And if you don't, wait until the end of the episode and you'll hear them all. <laughs> Period. Looking for an age-appropriate gift for a teen or tween that incorporates reading with beauty? Beauty in a Book Box is a quarterly subscription box company for tweens, teens, and adults. Each box is professionally curated by an educator, nurse, and cosmetologist. All boxes include accessories and beauty products. Established in 2019, their purpose is to align literacy and personal care. Beauty items can range from makeup, skincare, to hair products. They offer book options for the teen and adult box. One-time gift options can also be found on their website. Use our code BAABB16 for 10% off your first box. It's so funny that she writes this like, basically she's just warning college students at the end of the first page in chapter eight. She's basically like the next few life changes that you're going through first of all graduation is something you've never experienced before and no one can prepare you for that and it's so so true and it's like you can't avoid it (laughs) it's unavoidable Mm -hmm. unless maybe you like you know daddy has a company that you can just work your way I mean you wouldn't even have to work your way up I guess if it was that type of thing but like for, for the majority of us, we graduate college with a shit ton of debt and no idea where we're going. I know that's Yo, at least no with plan. my experience. I was not lucky enough to get a job before I graduated. So I was looking around like, and honestly, I don't even think I was going to graduate on time. I mean, I definitely didn't graduate on time. But even at that point, once the semester was over. What is on time? It, there's no such thing but Alana knows I even when I walked the stage I was not sure I was gonna graduate I had a class that last semester it was the summer semester and I just I was mm. at the beach I was at the beach okay <laughs> online classes are hard sue me yeah sue me for trying to have a good time and like live my life but anyway yeah so <laughs> the whole time I felt like a fraud and that was basically a metaphor for the way I would feel for the next year was just like bruh like uh like I hope someone hires me it was just like very like you know trying to have motivation but also like being in a bad place you know kind of so like Mm -hmm. it's hard to have motivation in those times but it's like one of those things like you said you know you need to just suck it up and do it right right and, I, and she says, you know, it's one of the scariest moments in my entire life. And it's like, yes, because once you graduate college, it's like you're kicking down the door of adulting. Like mm-hmm. you're about to have some true adulting moments. Like you were saying, finding your first job, figuring out where you're going to live, payments on things you didn't have to pay before because you're in school. Like 
it's all the student discounts lot. and <laughs> all the discounts in the prices of all those bills go up if you choose to keep them <laughs> and it's like i still don't have a job though <laughs> right it's like i was not prepared for this moment right here and oh, i don't think yeah. anybody is seriously it's very difficult but if you're in that stage of life just know it gets better um a world it gets a world better and i really feel like you know it's it's taken me what am i 23 going on 24 took me about two years after college to kind of get my feet on the ground but i feel like i'm finally there so just know guys like if you need someone to talk to you know email us hit us up right hit us up yeah we'd be happy we can do a whole thing totally yeah for sure because like elaine says the more we kick the doors open on hard truths the braver we are walking through them she said it amen do you feel like how you said literally what you said you were like i do it again in a heartbeat and over and over heartbeat over and over you didn't know the first time but now that it's done you're so much braver for it right and i just uh, the backbone that i built by doing that and just uh it was it was life-changing experience like i can't even like put it into full words all of the things that i have coming up for myself and things that are happening like the me back then would have never thought it was possible. Like if I went back in time and told then me what's happening right now, she'd be like, okay, yeah, sure. I know. It just feels good to make your past self proud. Like I cannot lie. Right. And getting ready for your future self. I don't know if y'all can hear my snappings, but I've, I've been <laughs> snapping throughout this podcast. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. But yeah, so we're on page 88 now if you're keeping up with us. And Elaine is talking about one of the first internships that she had. Uh, it was that she discovered that she landed. Um, it was called it was with the in Tamara, I don't know if you've ever heard of this. I hadn't heard of it. The multicultural advertising intern program. No, when I read it, I was like, I wish I had known about it, but I didn't. I did not. I was literally like, I wonder if Samra knew this existed. No, ma'am. They did not tell me about it in Collat. (laughs) That's another thing to all of our college people. Listen to your advisor, but don't listen to your advisor. So true. Like, just know that if you want something done, like, you have to do it yourself. Like, they're a resource and you can use them and they're great and amazing for that. But if you're, like, relying solely on these people, they have so many students that they're helping. They really can't do everything. Yeah, there's no way. Absolutely no way. So, (laughs) yeah. Yeah, but our girl Elaine was very, very motivated. Mm-hmm. extremely motivated uh samar you want to talk about her story i know this is like up your alley so i was like i'm gonna let her oh, ride, the, I was, ride the wave i really was living my my fantasy reading her story because i was like this is exactly what i wanted to do but the thing about elaine is she did it the right way um mm. she went through like this rigorous application process you know for this multicultural advertising intern program and she ends up landing a um, internship at Ogilvy and Mather. If anybody knows what that is, I was like, when I read it, I was like, okay, this just sounds like old money. Like this sounds like 
it's been around for like ages you know what i mean like a pillar yeah. in the advertising community or something um right and it was a dream come true for her or so she thought <laughs> da, da, da. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, but yeah okay so elaine is born on the east or on the west coast and she has always lived in the west coast um and in this chapter she talks about how um her experience in new york was the first time that she had stood in the middle of an entirely different world um which is the world of ivy league east coast white kids um and she just had nothing in common with these kids they didn't listen to like e40 they they didn't grow up in urban dwelling areas it was not a melting pot they traveled to the hamptons um during their summers at their family's um houses and you know it was just very gossip girly yes it was definitely um a culture shock for elaine but at the same time she got to experience new york city and she said once she arrived she felt electrified by life with impatient fast-talking people always in a hurry to get somewhere never wasting too much time on niceties i just really felt her i was like this is exactly how i felt when i was like on the subway and like getting off the subway and like fucking walking around in new york i was just like so like just like soaking everything up and it was giving me life but overall <laughs> it was just a very transitional period like it was a lot of growing pains is what i feel like i got from this chapter is that kind of like what you felt too for sure. And one thing that I really love that she said on page 89 was that discovering what you don't want is just as important. It's just as important as finding what you do because, mm. you know, I was an accounting major and I was only an accounting major because everyone was like, if you get an accounting degree, you can pretty much do anything you want in the business field. And so I really didn't all throughout college. I feel like I really didn't know what I wanted to do with my degree, but I knew like I could fall back on my accounting degree and just work with that until I could figure out what I wanted to do and mm -hmm. I would do these in these accounting internships these audit internships and I did like audit but I wasn't in love with it so I was given a job opportunity to work in an accounting type office and I was also given the opportunity of my current job that's total, it's not accounting at all, but I use a lot of my accounting base to do my job now in data analytics. And I've really found my love for data analytics and it transfers into this podcast, like me looking at our analytics all the time, looking at our download numbers, looking at all these different things. That's where I thrive. So I've kind of like married the two in this podcast, like talking with you on these episodes, talking about these books that are interesting and like teaching us different things and bringing out different things in us and using those analytical skills that I've kind of always had in me, but has been really brought out in this job that I'm in. It makes me think about all those things more. Mm -hmm. So it's definitely a winding road. Like Elaine says, like you, you might change your major like 50 times before or and then get out of college and still not want to do that. You know, I changed my major a lot and I, 
I don't regret it, you know? It was, it all got me closer to where I ended up. So it's like... Right, there were stepping stones. Yeah, it's just like what she said and what you've just said. You don't know what you don't want until you do it, right? Right, exactly. And, you know, she talks about the the like this chapter a different kind of white because she was used to you know like you were saying the middle class white kids and all those types of things and this was like the ivy leagues and tory birch wearing side part wearing it was just dip they were built different <laughs> yes they, they were <laughs> in fact and, and they just didn't look at her the way she wanted to be looked at and seen Mm -hmm. and she says on page 90 I didn't yet have the tools to battle my own insecurities in order to find my voice and my place in that woefully unfamiliar space wow and yeah and I think that goes back to you know what we talk about a lot is finding yourself and finding your voice finding your passion Mm -hmm. and growing it's growth because I remember being like that like just you know sitting in the back of the room just being there just Mm -hmm. doing what you're supposed to do to get by not really standing out for real for real because you were scared to you didn't feel like you were in this space to so could definitely relate to that yeah and I think that that like honestly is like that part about like it all goes back to that quote in the beginning of the chapter as a black person in a in a white world a white supremacist world we have never felt that sense of superiority to feel like comfortable in every space that we are in we are more Mm -hmm. used to not being accepted than being accepted we're more used to getting picked last or getting overlooked completely so it's like it's just there's this part on page 91 where um, she's kind of in a little, it's kind of like the end of the, her internship with all of her peers who are, as we said, we don't have to say it again. <laughs> they are who they are. <laughs> Elaine is who she is. And this one girl who is like apparently their self-appointed leader, we all know people who just assign the leadership role to themselves. She says, one day when I'm president of my company, I would totally hire you, Elaine. And Elaine says, it was intended as a compliment. Um, And all I wrote next to that quote was, why are white women? Question mark. Because it's always some shit. It's always something. You know what I mean? And if it's not a white woman, it's a white man. Right. And later... Well, okay, first in the moment, and it's really sad. She says, after 12 12 weeks of making herself into this smaller, unrecognizable version of herself, she simply shrugged off the comment with a quiet smile. And I wrote next to that, I was writing all types of things in this area. I was like, I know that smile. I've I have put that smile on so many times in my life. When someone says something off the cuff, kind of out of left field, that it's supposed to be a compliment, but it hurts. It's like, what is that supposed to mean? And she says um, that that later, she said, um, (laughs) 
<laughs> she was like, you know how you clap back later on when you're in the shower, like in the mirror at the end of the night, and you're like thinking about everything you should have said. Yes. She says, how yes. do you know I won't be the one hiring you? And it's like, yeah, right. It's like, but of course. How do you know? You don't, but that's the entitlement. It's crazy. Right, like instead of saying, oh, I would totally hire you one day, it'd be like, oh, I'd totally want to work for you one day or, you know, have our companies merge or like have, you know, be colleagues in the field. Like something like, can way we better collaborate? Yeah. Right, collab in the future or something. Why do I have to work for you? <laughs> like, what? what is this scenario? But it's the scenario that we have seen time and time again. It's, it's actually weird to see it the other way around. It's like, oh, you're good, but I'm still better than you. Yes, and that's why in the beginning of this podcast, you said, as a Black woman, I have to dot my... T or I have to dot my I's and cross my T's and make sure everything is perfect because even at my best I'm still gonna be looked at as less than I'm not trying to be looked at as less than the less than so I have to like show up I have to come correct every time I cannot get caught slipping and I know black women relate to right. us when we say this and black men yeah they really know any minority any minority any minority speaking of minorities um have you seen the controversies of the in the heights movie no is that the musical Mm mm-hmm that lin-manuel miranda um produced yeah okay i haven't seen it i've like i've heard i've heard seen things about it specifically like ariana grande was talking about it so Oh, I didn't even see her talking about it. She put it on my radar, but it, it looks lit. It's like in theaters. Yeah, it's in theaters and on HBO Max. But the issue is it's called In the Heights and it's set in Washington Heights, which is like a real place. Okay. And the Latinas are, that are represented in the film there are not a lot of Afro-Latinas who actu- actually represented of Washington Heights in the film. Mm-hmm. It's very, it's it's colorist. That's, the colorism is the issue. Oh. How it's all of the, how it's lighter skinned mm. people mm-hmm. instead of the darker skinned people <laughs> who actually live there. Yeah, yeah so to see it. It's been like this whole thing and like part of me, it's like, Dang it, I really wanted to root for this because, like, I love Hamilton and I love musicals and was, like, so excited to watch it. And then to find, you know, to kind of read about all the controversy surrounding it, it's like, dang it. It's like sometimes you just feel like, can we just enjoy something? Mm-hmm. But the controversy is necessary at the end of the day. As much as it sucks, like, mm-hmm. no, people need to get called out and corrected so it doesn't happen again. Because apparently, this used to be a musical on Broadway, and it was the same issue 13 years ago with Lin Manuel Miranda. He casted the same, you know, lighter skinned people. Oh. You had, and he got the same criticism then that he's getting now. You know, and, now that you mention it, I've never seen a dark-skinned person in any of his films. Well, um, who plays who plays Burr in Hamilton? Oh gosh, I, Leslie I, I Leslie Odom Jr. 
Okay. Okay. He is dark skin. Okay. Go on. Yes. And then. But black man, right? Black man. Have we yeah. ever seen a black woman dark skin? You know? I can't say because I, because I don't I, remember. I just feel like there is this trope. Like in Hollywood and any type of entertainment industry, they'll give you a little bit of diversity, but on their mm-hmm. terms. And they're yeah. always thinking about the gaze of the white viewer right i don't know why i don't think they're the biggest market anyway so i'm not really sure but they are the ones that are in power and they're the ones that vote on like emmys and you know they're part of you know it's like the academy right the academy the academy um no like yes so there's this trope you see it in black comedies all the time the dark-skinned man it's okay but the wife, light skin. The daughter, light skin. The boy can be dark skin. But that's the only way they'll accept it. You don't ever see a light skin man married to a dark skin woman. You see it very rarely, at least. I yeah. have not seen it <laughs> at and when, all. But it, when it, even when it is, it's like the same people over and over again. Like They're not casting as much more. As as, as much as I love Viola Davis or Lupita Nyong'o, like, oh, I hope I said her last name right. Sorry if I didn't. But that's probably, you know, be- probably better than it. I would have little. Right. But it's like the same mm. dark skinned women when you see them in those yeah. types of films. Yeah. When Carrie they Washington. And let me tell you what, they're all very well spoken for a black person. You know what mm. I mean? They can mm. turn it on when they need to. And that's to the detriment of all black people, in my opinion, because that is what the viewer is seeing as an acceptable black person. So when you see what you consider to be not that, you're scared. You know, you're calling the cops. Yeah, but I think, right, but I think, I think it's less like, like, their fault and like that's the problem i think the problem is that when you hear someone like me or like you or whoever talking properly call it for what it is you're talking properly there's nothing wrong with talking proper or speaking properly and then there's nothing wrong with you know almost having a slight code switch i feel in certain situations because right now i'm trying to there's a certain way that I'm trying to get my point across and I could get it across in a code switch too like if I started talking like a little more relaxed or laid back but it's kind of like a choice but yeah. I don't think it's always a bad choice because I'm it's thinking it's not oh, but like what if you don't have the ability to code switch what you're just excluded? right right no, you know no what I mean? that, right. That's where that's where it gets fuzzy because it's like because I you can only point. code switch if you have been in environments where you are forced to talk proper, and that's privilege. Mm. T, that's T. It honestly. is. It is. It's really upsetting. Like for people that <laughs> society considers ghetto. Right. Well, I was thinking of one of the uh, TikTokers I follow. Her name's Michaela. She's a makeup artist and she's from Massachusetts and has a a Massachusetts accent. Um, Boston? And 
when she started her TikTok, she, you know, talked with her accent, da 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 But she used to do radio, and she talked in a more, you know, crisp, cleaner mm-hmm. pronunciation, less of her accent. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people would, like, resurface those videos and be like, oh, she's just faking because this is how she talked here. But it's like, oh. no, there's a reason. It was the setting she was in. On the radio show, she's trying to reach very wide audience for her job, like, type of deal. And her mm-hmm. TikTok, it's hers. That's yes. her space. That's where she can be whoever she wants to be. That's real talk. That's real talk. And but, that's something you don't understand if you're not a minority. Right. And so that's what I'm saying. I get your, but that's where I get your point of like, not everyone has the, you know, the privilege to code switch, to be able to code switch or even to know how to code switch. Right. You have to be around white people to be able to like fit into their world. Right. But and then it, it it also sucks for those of us who can in a sense because then we get called out for being less than, you know, XY minority, less black, less Hispanic, less, you know, mm-hmm. less than in that sense. So it's like a it's a balancing act. But it's like the root of it all is just accept people who however they choose to talk, however they choose to be, however they choose to carry themselves. If it's not hurting anybody, what's the problem? Yes. That's really the I mean we love to worry about other people. It's really crazy. Right. We love our theme song and want to put you on. If you need someone who can edit and mix audio, create background music for podcasts, or even soundtrack music for movies and TV shows, Taylor, a.k.a. Top Notch, is your guy. Not only can he mix audio, but he can create your next hit within his in-home studio. If you're looking for more info, you can contact Taylor at his email, topnotch, that's spelled T-O-P-N-O-T-C-H dot U-M-C-U-L-O at gmail.com. That's topnotch dot U-M-C-U-L-O at gmail.com. To wrap it up, basically, she... um starts conversating with one of her friends jay Mm -hmm. uh about this new opportunity that she's doing and she's talking about her you know she's like figuring things out she's like maybe i need to go into magazine journalism and she was convinced that was her first career aha moment and she starts like envisioning things and like the progression of how she wants things to go and then jay's like hold up that's not that's not journalism and like kind of like laughing it off Mm -hmm. and being the comeback queen that she is she says wait what do you mean that is not journalism and (laughs) (laughs) they get into this little like you know back and forth uh debate Mm -hmm. and you know she said even through it all like she realized that she was going in the right direction the fact that she could put so much passion into their debate and like just like keep going Mm-hmm. she knew that that was it that's so true like follow that spark wherever mm-hmm. you feel it that means you're getting closer to something that's meant for you so just like right. go down that rabbit hole right follow that spark man and I think it's great that like she had somebody to bounce ideas off of mm-hmm. I think that it's so important when you're going through these transitional periods in your life whether that's you know your parent or your friend or just somebody who you trust 
I don't know. Maybe it should be someone like kind of wise. I kind of feel like, like, I don't know. Because sometimes when you're in those stages, you be saying a lot of things off the wall and just you're seeing what sticks. So it's kind of nice to have somebody who knows you just so they can be like, oh, you know, like maybe like sleep on it a little bit, you know, like, I don't know. Have you thought about this, you know, or whatever. So I think that that it's it's really key when it comes because it's hard to like how we say, like going to therapy, you're really just bouncing ideas off of another person. It's hard to do that all in your Mm -hmm. head where it's almost confined and you can't see the bigger picture because you can't zoom out. Right. You can't see it from a certain point of view because you're in the view of your mind. You can't go outside of that view easily like someone, like you said, a therapist could or a trusted confidant of some sort could be like, well, wait, actually, did you think about bop, bop, bop that you might not have thought about? So true. And the way that... There's just so many jobs in this world that I I don't know. I don't even know. There's so many. And it's the more people you talk to about those types of things, the more you discover. And right. If we wouldn't so have talked important. through about, yeah, if we wouldn't have talked to about your book club idea and I wouldn't have talked about how I was getting into podcasts and stuff, we probably wouldn't be here That's doing this podcast. Very true. It came out of a long discussion that me and Lana love to have. Right. We probably talk about so much on this show. So if you don't know, you really don't listen. Just <laughs> You're not paying attention. <laughs> You're not paying attention. Um, I think I'm going to title this episode, Pay Attention. I love your titles. They're always <laughs> quick. They hit every time. They hitting. Yes. I'm weak. Uh, I wanted to um, also... You know, just because I relate to Elaine so much, I just wanted to, like, shout out her dedication to her career. She was, like, envisioning herself canvassing offices of major magazines in NYC and, like, planning it out already in her head. She was, like, Essence's headquarters is right next to my internship, which means I can go door to door over there, see who sees me. And like sometimes you have to like take a risk. You do have to mm-hmm. just really take a leap of faith. And half the time you'll just be so happy you did. And the other half, it's like the worst they can say is like, we're not interested. No. Yeah, or no, you know? Yeah. And I think that's important Mm -hmm. because boundaries are important. Like if you can't understand someone else's boundaries, you know, boundaries for yourself, boundaries, other people have them. And it's like, it makes us all like healthier relationship wise. Right. Absolutely. But yeah, that was chapter eight, everybody. And next time we'll be talking about chapter nine. Tamara, what's the name of the, what's the title? I closed my book. Hold up. Hold up. I got it. I got it bookmarked. <laughs> it's called The College Crisis. Oh, gosh. What Bro. a crisis it is. It's junior year, I think, next. So Oof. that's Into usually the... when it happens. Into the thick of it. <laughs> Into the thick of it. 
<laughs> also, guys, yeah. follow us on TikTok. We really yes. putting out that good, good content. We really have, honestly. <laughs> I need to make some more. We need to make some more, but the ones that we have out are pretty hilarious. Yeah, they are. Um, and if you guys have any book book talk type ideas for our gram or for our, not for our gram for our tiktok send them our way because we are always looking for more inspo <laughs> yes we really are i try to get myself on book talk and sometimes like my algorithm is off and i'm not on book talk anymore and then i like randomly get back on and whatever whatever but yeah follow us on all the things follow us on youtube follow us on tiktok follow us everywhere for she well read and until next time this has been another episode of she well read bye y'all bye guys thank you for listening today we hope you enjoyed the episode please follow us on facebook instagram twitter and tiktok at she well read to stay in the loop also, be sure to send us listener letters, fan mail, or PR to our new P.O. Box, 1725 Gardendale, Alabama, 35071. And remember, if you have anything to add, comment, suggest, feedback, send it all to shewellreadqa at gmail.com or post about it in our Facebook group. And for any business inquiries or collabs, send us an email to shewellread at gmail.com. Be sure to subscribe, download, and leave a review for today's episode. We love you and stay well read. Bye! Bye.